experience, and I am one of your hosts, uh, Roberto Lorenzo Ferguson, Robert Ferguson, and I'm joined by VK right there. Barbara, hey. Chris, how you doing, Barbara? Hey, I'm happy to be here. So excited. Well, I'm very excited because we have a guest today that I believe if anyone pays attention, watches this, listens, um, they're going to walk away knowing how to maximize many areas of their lives. And before we bring on our guest, Mr. Michael E. Parker, yes, I mentioned the lean program to you that he's going to be talking about. And when you were working in the aerospace field, you said that that was something that you guys touched on or learned about, right? Absolutely. We had, we were, in, we were required to implement it across the board. So I was very familiar with the program that you, when you brought it up. Right. Well, for those who are listening and for you, Barbara, think about it. You're going to get to hear from someone who knows it, like, like learned it in Japan. That's awesome. You know I what know. I mean? Like, like knows it like the back of his hand. I'm so happy and excited to uh, have this time with, with Michael. I've done some things with him in the past with his company and his team. They are amazing. So without further delay, let's not spend any more time looking at Barbara and her hair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm just, you know, hey, you're from Texas, right? No, Italy. We got, we like it like this there too. Okay, so big hair in Italy and Texas. So <laughs> people didn't know they were going to learn that today. Well, without further delay, let's bring on my man, Mr. Michael E. Parker. Hey, Robert, how you doing? We are good. And, uh, you know, I, I sat in on your event the other day. Um, nice. And it was so great to hear you speak. I haven't heard you speak in a while. And I'm one that loves listening to good speakers, and you're definitely a good speaker. And I invited Barbara to listen in, and she did. And we both have a thousand questions. <laughs> but before we get started, kind of give us an update and share with our listeners and viewers a little bit about you, Michael. Well, thank you, uh, uh, Robert and Barbara. That's, is that correct? That's right. Um, yeah, such a pleasure to be here. First of all, I'm just so happy to be here with you all. And uh, it's a great pleasure. Thank you for the compliment, Robert. And I really appreciate y'all for um, attending some of the event. Um, just a little bit about me from the standpoint of uh, Lean. You know, my career I started off in uh, working for Toyota. I, I, out of college, I ended up working for Toyota. And I happened to be there at the same time that Akio Toyota, who is the actual grandson of one of the three principal men that started the Toyota production system. And he was coming there. I had no clue, you know, who he was and what the big deal was. And the next thing you know, I was asked to give him a presentation. Uh, I gave him the presentation. He said, that young man has talent. Who is that? And next thing you know, I was on a flight to Nagoya, Japan, then to Toyota City, Japan, and I was, you know, basically handpicked to be trained by first-generation lean experts. So I was taught it the right way. It transformed my life, and now that's one of the things that I'm passionate about is helping people do business the right way, knowing those principles and how to use them. Wow. Well, you know, the, the timing couldn't be better because with so many people going through COVID, having their yeah. eyes open to the possibility of getting into the space of being an entrepreneur, you bring something that that is life-changing like for a person's life like when i met your people and people who have gone through your program they're not talking about just about how much money they're making and, and how they have financial security i hear people talking about i met my husband because of this program <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's, um, I, I, as, as an entrepreneur, I've started a lot of companies and I do a lot of consulting, uh, business consulting, and I've started, you know, within my own businesses, implement a lot of those principles. Um, one of the things within the framework of my businesses that I've always been passionate about is our company, You Are a CEO, um, because it really teaches people how to be the CEO of their life. So even after you learn lean business principles, you understand things about marketing, about sales, about different things. At the end of the day, we all want to achieve things and we want to be happy while we're doing it. I define success as achieving things while maintaining your happiness. And so I try to instill that into our team. And so I've got a team that's been with me, um, I mean, over 16, 17 years now, and it's like a family. And I, I'm so happy to be with them. It's a joy to work with them every day. Well, before we get into the lean and we talk about you are a CEO, uh, I know a little bit about your background as far as like okay. your upbringing. Um, you're, you're from the Bay Area. And I would love for Barbara and everybody who's listening to, to get to know you better because yeah. it wasn't uh, an easy upbringing. Am I correct? No, that, that's absolutely correct, uh, Robert. And I know, uh, you know, um, I, I often refer to my story, Robert, to help people understand that I'm not one of those people that like to just talk about, you know, accomplishments and accolades and awards and things, you know, without making sure they understand that I know also where I came from. Um, it's important to know who you are and what you've accomplished, have some self-worth, but it's also important to know who you're not and, and that you, you went through a lot of things to get where you are. And I actually, um, you know, came up in a situation where, you know, after my parents split up, my mom remarried and she ended up in an abusive relationship. And in that abusive relationship, without going into all the gory details, uh, there was a lot, a lot of traumatic things that I went through that, you know, a young man shouldn't have to go through or see. I never forget on this long ride uh, going out to a shelter for battered women with my mom and going to this facility and looking around and see other little kids with the same look in their eye that I had in my eye and seeing other women who were going through similar things as, you know, I begin to look in their eyes and I begin to sit in this facility and think about, you know, would I ever be able to achieve anything? Would I ever be able to accomplish anything? It's something when you feel uh, fear or, and you feel, um, you know, uh, misguided and don't really know where the next answer is. And I've been there. And so through that experience, without going through everything, uh, I really learned how to overcome uh, certain things through my own story. And that's why I'm so passionate today about helping people overcome things because, you know, at the end of the day, things we go through when we're younger, they, it stays with us. We, all, we got this little kid still on the inside. We, we almost live our whole adult life trying to fill gaps that happened a long time ago. And that's something we have to learn how to do if we want to succeed. Right. Wow. Well, you've done a good job with that. And um, well, let's you. start with... Um, because the lean thing, like we have about 150 coaches that we work with, and so they're entrepreneurs. And mm. I know that they're going to walk away with uh, a better understanding on how they can maximize their life, their business, et cetera, with talking about lean. But mm -hmm. share with us in the beginning uh, a little bit about you are a CEO. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, uh, that's going to help people get a better understanding as far as some of the things we're going to talk about with lean and some of the things that you offer that could actually help people. 
Well, uh, well, no, thank you. I, I, you know, URCO is really um, something that grew out of my own story, like I was just talking about, because I always say you run the business of you and helping people understand that we have to be the CEO of the decisions we make, the CEO of our fears, the CEO of our health. Uh, you know, how many people know about different health programs and they hear about all these different flavors of the month uh, and not only do they have, don't have the right information, like which I respect you so much, Robert, for being true to what you believe in and really speaking truth about health, but then even when you have the truth, if you don't have the ability to make a decision and to press through the emotions and the fears that come up in our mind, whenever we wanna take action, you won't be successful. And so I understood this concept at a deeper level and helping thousands of people and mentoring and coaching, you know, I do a lot of things in the community and I've done a lot of things in business. I found some patterns. And so in this company, you are a CEO, what I've been finally able to do is to take these principles about self-leadership and combine them with some uh, specific tools, education, and technology that will help people build a habit of being more achievement-oriented and successful. And we don't need another product to me. We need another place, somewhere that we can go that's consistent because we buy all these products out here and then you get a temporary relief at this event. We read a book and feel inspired and we go back to our environment and we end up eventually going back to where we were. And that's why we start going back to some of the same problems. So URCO exists to create a new platform for people to live in a state of achievement and be around a community of people that want to do the same thing every day. Oh, wow. I mean, that resonates so much to me as a coach as well, right? As far as trying to help people uh, implement a lifestyle change. And so I guess my next question to you, Michael, would be then, because there's so many things out there, right? We can listen to podcasts, there's books, there's all kinds of different self-help programs for us to go through. I mean, what would you say is the maybe the biggest difference between you know, what, you, what you offer, your company offers versus any other program out there? No, great, great question. And, you know, my frustration, Barbara, is that there's so much out there. And today you literally can get on the Internet and become an expert of anything. And, um, you know, it's and I know you you go through this, you know, Robert, Barbara, as you promote the things with Diet Free Life, trying to get truth out there about health. And it's frustrating. And so many people can just get on and say anything. And, um, you know, we need something that's bigger than just thinking positive thoughts or speaking to the universe and it'll come and bring you everything. We need something that is there every day and that is real, that's helping us to, you know, I like to tell people I'm not into self-help, I'm into self-worth. The more that we can add to ourself in terms of skills, as well as being in the right environment, the, the, the more that we can actually transform and be able to actually do something that's sustainable. And so that there's a unique way that we do that. I, I actually coined something, Barbara, called Success IQ and it teaches a person how to remove four key limits that I found limit our personal, you know, our behaviors to be successful. One is uh, self-ignorance, one is fear, one is insecurities, and the other one is areas that we tend to be mediocre without realizing it. So I built all of that into a platform. So imagine like Salesforce or, you know, Google or, you know, some of these different platforms that do things for us, Dropbox, whatever. And imagine if we could do that for personal success. And 
take the, the psychology of social media that impacts the brain a certain way, they know how they're impacting dopamine releases, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, and it causes us to keep picking up our phone and doing things every day and building habits and triggers. What if we could take all of that persuasive technology and use it for good to where you get in a habit of looking for something positive, a habit of achieving more, a habit of actually craving to rebound from things. It doesn't come and just take away your problems, but what if we could have something that actually helped you to rebound from problems quicker? This is what I've put in this one thing and this one platform, and that's really what makes us different than everyone else. So is uh, you are a CEO. So let's go ground zero. All right. You are a CEO. I love the name, and I'll never forget when I first came up and met you, know, you and your team. Um, every time they said you are a CEO, I kept saying, yeah, I am a CEO. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you know it's like everyone in the room was a CEO. It was it was very empowering. I love the title. It says everything because basically you're becoming like a I don't know like a conduit um, that's giving people an opportunity, like you said, to have access to these tools that can help them transform and really thrive with their lives. So. Tell us exactly like what is you are a CEO and how people watching can become part of you are a CEO. Well, you are a CEO is uh, really what I call a personal success platform. Uh, we often refer to it as a success club as well, though, because uh, it's a membership that you can join and be a part of. So just like you join a gym, imagine uh, we talk a lot about mind fitness. So we go to the gym and we take care of our body but a lot of times we don't take care of our mind like we should. And so uh, it's really a, um, uh, a software as a service, but it's also a club. And so uh, people you know, can uh, be a part of this who are very serious about achieving goals and they wanna achieve things in their life and they wanna be in an environment that can do that. And they understand that you know, no matter what you learn, if you wanna be good in basketball, you better get around some people in an environment that's about that. You wanna be a doctor, you better get around some people that's trying to do that. And so when you learn the power of environment uh, and then you couple that with the right tools, uh, that's how you start to be able to achieve things beyond yourself. And this is what I found a way to craft and put into this uh, program, or I should say this platform. So people who want to be a part of that, you know, I just set up, uh, Robert, a, a site where I really give a, a comprehensive presentation so people understand what we're doing. It's called theonethingishere.com. And I love it because there's this one thing that, that I feel I've created, and I'm so excited about it. Um, and this this one thing will is going to change how people achieve. And so the one thing is here.com is a great place to start uh, to learn more about what we're doing. And of course, you'll see a lot out there about URCL. We have our standard URCL.com website. But the one thing is here.com. I'm, I'm, I'm telling everybody everywhere, Robert, because I want them to know about this one thing that's going to change lives. Well, you know, when you say that one thing, I think of city slickers. <laughs> 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 because remember, Curly kept saying it's that one thing in the whole movie. They're like, "Now, what is what is the one thing?" Right, and he never right. really answers it, right? And then you have part two of City Slickers, and it's like, it's that one thing. And every right. time they were losing focus, as they were talking about different things in their lives, Curly would come in and he would say, "It's the one thing." And mm. I love that because it, it helps narrow the focus. And when so many people get scattered, 
uh, and they're not in an environment that's, that's helping them be successful, right? So in my field, and Barbara can speak to this uh, for sure, is that I work primarily with women and they are focused on losing weight, but they live in a house with a husband or a, a lover who is not even thinking about not eating ice cream tonight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the environment is not helping. So to have a place where they could go um, and be part of an environment that will help them feel lifted instead of feeling beat down. I mean, I mean, everybody should be part of the URI CEO. No, I'm sorry, Barbara. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, answer. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say thank you for what you're saying, Robert. And I, I, I call it the house of success that we really, we really want everyone to live in. And I, I show this house with these different pillars and a foundation and a roof. And just real quickly, the foundation I call mind fitness. We want people to have be mentally fit. And then the three pillars we have is health, life management, and then people uh, understanding the relationships around you. And, you know, every CEO has a C-suite, you know, their CFO, their CMO, their, you know, all these CTO that, that help support them and influence their decisions. But we have to be careful who is our personal C-suite in our life? Who is it that is influencing our decisions about how we eat, how we live, what we do? And it's important that you be an executive of who's in your C-suite. Like, who do you allow to, you know, implant things into your mind? Like, your office is your mind, so to speak, as a CEO. And so I, I focus on those three pillars, and the roof of that house is wealth. And again, you know, helping people understand more about wealth, you know, of course, not just making money, but the root word in wealth being well. And so, you know, it's so important to me, Robert and Barbara, that we teach people that we want to be successful. We want to maintain our happiness, too. You know, there's some things that money can't buy. and We need both. And that's why. And again, if we don't have our health, you know, a lot of those other things don't matter. And so inside of this, even though we have all of this, this engine of achievement in this environment, we hone in on those uh, five areas to really, really help people uh, do the best in their life. You know, when, when you were just talking, um, th this may come across funny at first, but um, I kept thinking about Tupac. <laughs> okay. Right? Because, uh, I mean, one, you're up in the Bay Area. Yeah. But then, you know, there's a song I heard of Tupac this morning where he talks about, you know, we got to change the way we think. We got to change the way we live. We got to change the way we treat each other. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Like, Tupac was all about that. And right. Tupac was one of those people who used his platform to share information to be a resource and not just a, a platform for selling and right. i see that like when you did that event with for free that you did the other day i was thinking man he is a resource he's given away all of these nuggets and uh it, it was just i was just i was impressed i was happy i was excited about it and i knew we were going to do this talk today and again you're giving away nuggets yeah no, well, thank you, Robert. You know, right now, you know, we just need to be in service. And, and Robert, you, you've been in business. I respect you as an entrepreneur. And you know, you know, you have to give. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I don't want everyone just to believe what I'm saying, you know, and, and come running, so to speak. I want them to really feel what we deliver and feel that it's value. And even when you think about people like Tupac, Robert, and people who are deep thinkers, and there's a lot of other people who sometimes they got in a space in 
their mind where they thought about life and they thought about the world. They thought about what really mattered. And it it showed out, you know, like a like a stream of sunlight. And then they would go to their problems and you see all the other difficult things they went through in their life. But the challenge is a lot of us, we, we all have this central theme of good and this central theme of all wanting the same thing, which is to achieve in certain areas. We really have no place to go. You know what I mean? Like, where do you go with that energy and live in it? You know, we can go on social media, but, you know, you be on social media and you feel happy by something you see, then you scroll a little bit and it just ruins your whole day. You see something you wish you never saw, you know. So where do we go? And right. I feel like I finally figured it out how to create uh, a place uh, where we could take that energy. And you don't have to leave all those other things behind. But when we when we want that 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 focus and we want to make sure we stay grounded, we've got a place to be now where we can all be in that mindset together. Yeah. I like that. Hey, Barbara, are you typing over there? No, I'm not. Okay. I, I heard I heard some typing going on. I was like, what is Barbara? She's trying to multitask? Yeah. Like, put those hands up. Exactly. Well, I should be because I want to take notes on everything that Michael's talking about. Okay, uh, so so well, let's go. Oh, well, I'll go ahead, Barbara. Yeah, I want to ask a question real quick, Michael, because you mentioned earlier about your community and the importance of that. And, um, you know, and especially nowadays with, you know, like you said, social media, there's so much information that's easily out there. How do you help people stay engaged and focused? Because a lot of times, even let's say in the weight loss field in, in industry, a lot of times people, when it, the going gets a little tough, you know, when, you, when you're trying to push people through to stay consistent, you know, consistency is key, trust the process. But a lot of times people just hit a little bit of frustration and they just want to like, they want to go on to the next, try something new. How do you keep people engaged in this community part of that? That's an excellent question, Barbara. And I think you're asking the, the trillion dollar question uh, of what the problem is, is that, you know, solving what you just asked is, is, is so important. And, you know, we all do well for a minute, you know, such as life. We, we do well for a minute and then we have our, our moments. We, we, we get discouraged, we go down, we have mood shifts. And that's why we need a platform. We need a place that is dedicated to what you just said. And it also understands how the brain works. You know, uh, we have to create certain triggers, uh, uh, Barbara, where, you know, if we've got the right type of learning uh, and we also have an environment that is social and then mixed with the proper coaching, but done in a, a fun way that you almost don't notice what you're doing so that we kind of trick the brain and we're kind of releasing dopamine. Oxytocin is always looking for connection with people and things of that sort. We need a little bit of that. We need serotonin that helps where we feel some status that makes us, you know, kind of anchor ourselves. We, you know, we feel like we can uh, actually achieve. And then we need some endorphins where every time we do something, we're rewarded for it. You know, when we, you can get to the point where you're working out and what you're eating, where when you do the right thing, you start training yourself to feel rewarded for what you did that was right. So we need, you know, that's some complicated stuff. And so we've never lived in a time where the technology has caught up with what we need to do. And I feel like for the first time, we can take the right information and we can take the right environment and we can wrap it in technology and create a world that we all want to live in. And that's what I think is the difference. And without it, Barbara, we're going to live every time off of moments of happiness or moments of inspiration only to get in our own way again or realize that that boost was temporary. Mm. Yeah. 
That's some good stuff. So if 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 those who are listening, whether you're catching a replay, you're catching it live, if you got questions for Michael, uh, please, please share. And also do us a favor by sharing this uh, with people on your Facebook and YouTube. Tell them about it. And uh, be sure to go to the links that we have provided to learn more about Barbara, myself, and of course, Mr. Michael E. Parker. Um, let's 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 talk about the Lean program. All right. Um, and I would love for you to talk about it in a way where, like, take a situation, or it could be a, a person, it could be Barbara. Maybe you can challenge Barbara, make her business better, um, <laughs> so that people can kind of see how it unfolds. Um, when they apply the lean principles? Well, I think it, de it depends on the, the business. I, I would need maybe some sort of scenario, unless you just want me to give you a scenario. But I think the key thing, Robert, um, and, and, and looking at uh, Barbara, as you mentioned, as being a diet-free life coach, I think, you know, one thing, whatever your business is trying to do, the first thing that in, in lean that is so important is we really are able to define value. What is it that our customer values? And so we have to find that, that innermost desiring force that is willing to spend money for a particular thing that you give. And so once we know what that value is, we have to understand how to build an operation that is centered around that value and only do what is absolutely necessary to add value to that. Now, there's a lot of ways to do that and a lot of, you know, different elements to what I just said, but that is very important. And, you know, even today, when you, you know, think about it operationally, but this even gets into the sales side as well, because we have to also know, and I know you are aware of this, sometimes what people need is not necessarily at the time what they value, you know, and so that's sometimes a challenge. What they want to pay you for is different than what they need. So what we've also got to get good at doing from a lean oriented perspective is understanding how to train people and overcome false beliefs in people so that they understand the value that our business provides and we connect it to what they don't know that they value it until you get them to see it in a valuable way and once we do that now we start getting into our operation and that 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 energy and spirit of focusing on value has to move throughout your whole company in different processes operations in the people in the systems in the policies and that's really what where lean comes to life wow you know what like all i could think about when you were sharing that was how so many people that have a business are selling to people what they feel that person needs that's right and they have overlooked the reality that that person will buy if you sell them what they want that has that value that, that makes sense absolutely you hit the nail on the head and and a lot of times robert it's as entrepreneurs what we've got to learn how to do is how to wrap our offer to this person in a way that they can see the value to them. And that's really the secret, because if I come to you with all of my features and all the things my thing does, 
but I never talk to your problem. Uh, I never get you to actually connect with it. See, a lot of times if people can tell that you really understand their problem well, they'll assume that you have the solution, right? Because right. You, you're talking about my problem at such a deep level and you're tapping into a source of value. And that has to continue from the moment we convince them to do business with us all the way throughout how we operate. And that's really the difference in a value-centered business. And I talk about these principles. I, I actually took everything I learned in Lean Japan and all of that and created my own management philosophy called value-centered management. And I talk about it in my book, Who Said So? And I just released at that free event, what I call the Lean Advantage. And I, you know, I, I put together a wonderful offer. I'm so happy that I was able to do that because you know, a lot of people need it and they can't afford what you would pay in the corporate world and all of that. But as a part of that package, I included a, an ebook all about value center management because it's so important to understand that. Okay, so yeah. Barbara, I'm gonna yeah. put you on the spot if you don't mind. Oh. So when he mentions value and you have your business, you're a you know, nutrition and weight loss coach, what comes to mind for you when it when it's value? For the for the my customer, for my client. Yeah would be the value would be one would be education providing education value would be providing accountability a, 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 a way for them to be accountable um I, those are probably the two main main things as far as a coach the education part and the accountability part now michael do you feel that someone would buy that they want to buy education so respectfully <laughs> <laughs> no, respectfully, because what what Barbara what Barbara just said is something that is very common and um and it's something that is very difficult as well. And I go through this in my business too, because I really love what I do. I love helping people, and I have to sometimes sometimes shake myself and remember these principles because everything that Barbara just described is what they need. They need education. They need those things. They value looking good. They value getting compliments. <laughs> they value um, the sense of the status that they will have when they accomplish this goal. They val value the bragging rights that I said <laughs> I was going to do something and I did it. And I want everyone to know that that's what I did. So when you learn how to package what you're going to give them, so you build a bridge, right? You meet them at the desire of their value and you build a bridge to a solution that they're willing to walk on because you've tapped into what they really value. And that's really the, the, you know, the difference is being able to press through what we know is valuable that we're going to give to them and talk to them in the value that they see and perceive uh, from their human experience. Well, Hopefully you know, no. I just want to, I want to say something real quick, Barbara, if you don't mind. Oh. Um, and then I'll get, because he hit on a whole bunch. And you and I have conversations about this all the time. Um, and when I, when I first met Michael, it was because I, I, had, a, I had the number one infomercial on TV. Yeah. And getting into that space of direct response, everything was about value. Right? So it was, it was so much about value and what people are willing to like buy, like the value that they will buy that it made me uncomfortable, right? Because I'm on TV going, hey, you can eat the foods you love, snack in right. between and reduce your waistline every single week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and people were calling, they were calling because they wanted to reduce their waistline. They right. saw the value in eating all the foods that they wanted. 
that was all value. And I was just like, I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good. And I'll never forget the lesson I learned. And I won't interrupt. I apologize, Barbara. The lesson I learned was one of the, the owners of the company came to me and says, Robert, I see you're having a difficult time with the marketing side of how we're selling like the value. And I said, yeah, I am. I said, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm compromising my integrity. Right. He says, Robert, the goal is to get them in the tent. Once we get them on the phone, the integrity of your work is going to thrive. We just got to get them to buy because if we go out in front and sell education and sell all those things that you value, Robert, they're not going to buy that because they're not valuing that yet. Right. So yeah. that's all I wanted to share because this is, I mean, we could spend a five hours just talking yeah. about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, you were going to say something, Barbara, before I interrupted you. I no, well, now I forgot. No, just teasing. But no, it's a really good point because um, even, you know, Robert mentioned, uh, Michael, earlier that I was in aerospace for nearly 20 years. And, you know, our, our company, um, you know, we had a full lean program. And I was, um, the particular department I worked in was environmental and occupational health. And so, you know, we had to incorporate this whole lean process, the, you know, the five S's, the, the six, six yeah. all those tools, right? Yeah. And it was even a challenge for us to, to implement all these things. But I remember even then, because I come from such a background of wanting to educate our workforce, you know, how to educate them to work safely how to educate them to protect the environment. So I always am coming from this standpoint of wanting to educate. And it's, I'm really having to learn and, and adjust, like Robert was saying, is really understanding, okay, so these are things I value, but what do my clients or my potential customers, you know, how do, or what do they value and how to bring those together? So I guess my, in a long drawn out way, <laughs> my question is how, how do you constantly bring that to a happy medium, like to get what, like you said, what what you value, but more importantly, what your potential customers value, and and make that cohesive. That's a, it's like yeah. a challenge. Yeah, no, it is, Barbara. It is a challenge, and it's it's hard for for those of us, uh, and I say us because I feel like we're 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 all doing the same thing, trying to help people and. You know, you know what people need and you want to give them that. And, and you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we we're so focused on what we want to do to help a person that we lose sight of how to actually reach people. And so sometimes, um, you know, by being able to talk to people in in the the conversation of value then it allows us to move them along you know and we talk about the the value ladder uh, i had an event recently um i'm i'm doing a lot right now but i've got this whole campaign going on called this won't break me to help entrepreneurs who are in the fight and the struggle trying to survive and i did a free event for them as well and um i talked about the value ladder and understanding how to start uh, with a relationship of value that that is that is consumable for the person you're trying to serve. Start at a consumable level where I'm giving them something and I'm packaging it in a way that they can receive it that is based on their desire. But then I start to build a relationship and I begin to start leading them to a deeper experience of value because ultimately they, they want the end result. 
They just don't, it's just the, the things that get them that result is not what they're interested in. They just want to hear about how great it's going to be to have the result. And I think that's where we have to bring the cohesiveness is to understand those two distinctions. What is it that causes a person to want to respond and actually take action? And then what do we do later in, in the spirit of value to really make sure that the promise that we promise actually is realized? And that's something that's totally different, right? That's what we do, the education, how we do it. But those two things have to be separated. And then you bring, so I, to me, the cohesiveness happens through our strategy and through our understanding of these two distinct things and how they're working together behind the scenes. Mm. Okay, so, nice. so value we got. And I know that, you know, I don't want to run out of time because I want people to, to hear the, the overview of what lean is, right? Yeah. So that already has helped some people who are watching this improve their business. If they can just get that, it, it changes everything. So after that, what happens, Michael? So after that, uh, once we kind of know what, what value is, which is then def basically defining why we're in business, right? Because once we know what the value is that, that is really going to make someone buy, because remember, this is not like business is kind of cruel, for lack of a better term. Like, you know, we, we have hearts, but businesses are about, did you make money, right? Sometimes that's like the, what you talked about with the infomercial. It's like, well, Robert, this is what we got to say to get people in the door. So when you think about business, the business, you know, has to make money to survive. So once we know what that value is, the reason we're in business, now we have to look at what are the stream of activities that are in our business that deliver to that value. So if I'm going to now help a person look great, um, you know, lose the weight that they want, be able to, you know, get in that bathing suit they want to get into. But we know that there's got to be an education component. There's got to be a maybe a community important. There's some inspiration component. There's tools, there's resources. So each one of those things that are needed in this business to deliver to that value, we start looking into each of those things and saying, what is the process of delivering education? There's instructional design. There's the presentations we make. There's delivering the presentations and things of that sort. And we start looking for waste in any area of that process. How do we do any coaching? What, where's the, how do we do any inspiration? Uh, what, are the, what is the way we're going to do that? And we look at the steps involved in doing that. So Lean will go into those things and look at every aspect, the vendors you use, the technology you use, the steps, the processes, looking for areas where there's value-added activity and looking where there might be wasteful activity. And it's a constant pursuit of pulling out that are wasteful so that you can maximize the flow of value. So look at, once we define the value, look at it like you opened the door and a river came into your business. And every time you have waste, it's like you put a boulder, you know? That's why in business there's so much of this going on. Think about what we call it. We call them departments. Now think about that, department. Like meant to depart. And this is how waste starts coming in. Marketing says, if it wasn't for us, you wouldn't sell anything. And then human resources say, yeah, but if you don't have people, you couldn't work. And technology said, if I pull this plug, none of y'all gonna be able to work. <laughs> 
kingdoms get built. And so there's all this waste begins to come in because traditional business was built around, even when you go to college, it's like, are you going to be in marketing? Are you going to be in operations? Are you going to be, so what? You come into business trying to proclaim why your area is the biggest thing. The customer don't care about that. Value wants to flow. It doesn't want to get stuck in marketing, trying to prove who it is and operations and education, trying to prove. So because business is built that way, Lean comes in to try to tear all that down and says, look with one eye for the customer all throughout the business. No, no matter whose department is where, let value flow, get out of the way. And this is what Lean is trying to do in many different levels and dimensions. Okay, so if I hear that correctly, uh, the way I'm getting it is that if, I, if part of my business is when they call and they become a customer, if phone calls, follow-up phone calls is part of the structure of the business, then the goal is to look at how I can maximize my time in making those calls and not find myself uh, having a tough time. So you have things like Calendly, which I use, which I send out and then a customer that I'm working with, they can just hit a button and they can pick the times that I'm available instead of me emailing. So this time work, they go, well, I could do that time, but can we move it back 30 minutes? Then another email, then it's back and forth. And then it takes forever. And then you finally go, oh, I can't do that day. I forgot my kids are sick, right? <laughs> so, right. so that would be right. lean, right? Absolutely. If it, 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 what makes it lean is that, so keep in mind, there's the dominant value of why the business was built and then all the things you need to do to deliver to that value. But then there's things in every intricate part of your business that you still have to ask, what is the value-centered way to do this? So I'm not even looking at the business of, you know, let's say diet-free life, but what's the value-centered way to get the most out of a phone call? Right. Mm -hmm. So now you're actually getting into that. What do they value? They value quickly being you being able to meet them where they are appointment wise. Like I want an appointment is best for me. So like you said, you, you did it in a way where they could say, here's exactly when I want to you know, meet with you. And then how do you make the actual phone call more valuable? Right. By understanding the objections and the issues that people normally have so that there's a script that generally is meeting needs and you kind of how to, you know how to make that call as effective as possible especially if you have coaches you want something that is already kind of we know the common things that they value so when you talk to someone follow this outline and this flow and this is a key principle in lean management is to ingrain quality into the process so now the knowledge you have robert is ingrained into all the other coaches because you've taken your brain and put it into a tool that can help them be more successful and whatever that you know and what they're doing so that's just some examples of how you can apply that there it's so crazy I, and this is so crazy because i never in a million years would i be thinking that i'd be talking lean now as an entrepreneur even though it it, it comes full circle now i mean that was such a for me it was like this previous life in, in aerospace in the corporate world and what we did then but now that i see i see the um how resistance to change can come on both sides so i remember you know, being, you know, as a corporate staff member and lean being introduced to us and having to implement this program. And it was, you know, it was definitely supported from the top down. So this was something that was a hundred percent, you know, supported by our executive staff, the whole corporate world. And so everybody was doing it. And I remember, like you're saying, Michael, it was a, literally a process of going through very meticulously each and every one of our processes 
and you know really having to step back and put egos at the door because we had to really look at things to see what are we doing why are we doing it does it make sense and i remember feeling the resistance then and, and not you know not being completely open to change at first and now as a coach when we're working with people and trying to implement lifestyle changes and get them to you know really incorporate them into their life and you know so that they can sustain it it, you know, I see this from both both sides now, and, I, and it really makes me wonder and want to ask you about how how you see this as a challenge. Why why people in general find it so hard to change? Like I like I see this on both sides now. Me, I'm I'm just as guilty at times too. And and how you say or how what you what you see as far as what the one of the biggest challenges is for people to incorporate change. Well, that's a very, very good point. And um, one thing, too, that you just made me think about, Barbara, when you were kind of giving that kind of backstory there is that, you know, what really frustrated me a lot about lean because of how I was taught and where I was taught. And I go out of these companies and there's so many people doing lean now, like all kind of lean programs everywhere. But what, what frustrated me is that people were using it as like a toolbox, like learn this and there's Six Sigma and learn about, you know, this particular methodology, but they didn't have the spirit and culture behind what it really is supposed to be about. And I've seen people go in, you know, try to create change, like you're saying now, they would go in, use these lean tools, which used, used wrongly can be lethal. They say, we just figured out a way where we don't need five people anymore. And so, you know, they kind of Americanized it. And what did they do? They fired them five people and freed up money on the book. Well, in Toyota, they had a no layoff policy. And it was all about reallocating capacity. If you free up five people, you find out how to use them to create more value. And so you still are adding value. So then that made the people not be afraid to implement lean. When you implement it wrong, the, you know, the people who got fired, what was their perspective of lean? Lean right. cost me my job. I hate lean, right? <laughs> lean was, right? That's not what lean was. And now that's their perspective because of their experience. So, but I, I say this to kind of goes along with, with, with your question is that when it comes to change in general, uh, one of the fundamental mistakes that I think that, that we, we have today in society, Barbara, is that people focus more on the change instead of creating an environment for change. And if we would put the energy in, how do I create an environment for me to really make a change? So people will say, you know, I want to stop eating like this but they don't deal with the environment where everyone in their household is bringing all this stuff in that is horrible. And now the temptation is 70 times higher because the environment is so tough. You're making it very hard to change. And all you're trying to, you're walking around the house with willpower and there's donuts over here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you know, this person is doing this over there and you're walking through, you know, and, and you're going through like, I'm going to be strong. And then, oh, and then you feel bad when you fell again. Well, the thing is, we skip over environment. That's, that's why I'm so excited about the one thing I've created. We skip over environment and we try to just change. And that's just not real. We have to create an environment first and then push for that change. And then if we do that, we can actually begin to anchor behavior because if we wanna really be serious about change, it's all about breaking habits and you're not gonna do that in the wrong environment. I love that. So I get the environment of what what foods are in the pantry. I get the environment of what foods uh, and tools are inside of the refrigerator. But when that woman is married to someone that she really don't even like anymore, 
No, I mean, just, hey, there's a lot of people who love someone, but they don't like them. That's true. Yeah. Right? Very I mean, true. I mean, I guess That's it never true. happened to Barbara, but Very it, it happened. Clearly, it's happened to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but so how do you like work? It's almost like having a disgruntled or that one employee that works in the company who every time they come in, they is like a dark cloud. Um, everything goes gray. So, so how do you like make the most of your environment when you got to deal with someone like that? That's almost like they're creating a handicap. You know, that's a great question, Robert. And one of the things that I've seen and, you know, um, that's why as a part of what I, I deal with in URCO as well as in um, the consulting I do, you know, I go into different environments. And when I first started out, I grew so quickly in Toyota because they saw I had a unique ability to bring people together. And, um, you know, I started off at New United Motor uh, here in California, uh, Robert, and it was an interesting place to be in the Toyota family because it was the only plant where General Motors and Toyota came together in a partnership. That's why it's called New United Motor. So uh, General Motors provided the facility and Toyota brought the management principles and ran the business. And so it was so much infighting. And if you knew what was going on around that facility in terms of the, the the culture and the infighting, America versus Japan, all kinds of stuff. And so I had a unique way of helping bring people together for change. And it's no different in a household. One of the things that we have to do when we're dealing with situations like that, we've got to find a, a common ground. And I think, you know, it might not be the perfect scenario, but if you if you love someone, maybe not like them, like you said, <laughs> if there's love there, love is a, a very deep thing. And I think the sometimes people just complain and they fuss and they say, you know, if you weren't this way, I could do this and I'm trying to do this. Why don't you respect that? But it's totally different when you meet people where they are. You say, you know what? I respect that you you want to, you know, go this route with your health. Here's what I'm trying to do. Can we work on a common ground that can help us both be more successful? I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I don't want to be uncomfortable either. This is hard for me. I want to, I care about my life. I care about my health and I really need this. And if you love me, would you meet me halfway? And here's some things, like I might not get everything I want, you know, I got a list of 20 things, but maybe I can get 10 of them to say, hey, every Monday night, like, you know what I'm going through, do you have to do it like this when you sit in the recliner eating that donut? Can you do this this way? Or can we start do on, you know, every Tuesday, at least doing this for dinner once a week because it'll really help me? And you'll be surprised when people approach people in a different way they might get a different response. But when we go for the juggler and say, you know, either you change this, this or that, or I'm not gonna be able to do this or that, then everyone feels like it's a win-lose situation. And I think there's a meeting, a, a medium that we have to find. Well, good. you know, I'm sending this interview to my mom because uh, <laughs> I mean, I watched her and her ex-husband go at it. I mean, you had to seen the conversations they had, man. Over, over wanting to have health go in a certain direction, and the other one was like, I ain't having it. And they both yeah. wanted to be right. Yeah. I mean, no, they would that, go that, days without talking. Wow. That, <laughs> that's very common, Robert. Very common. 
So yes, Barbara? So, so, but you mentioned, Michael, how important that environment is to establish that first, to really create the, you know, just like you said, that environment for, you know, for success, to make a successful change and how important that is. That's a really good, really good stuff right there. That's awesome. No, no thank you. And I, and I think too, you know, uh, as in our homes, so is in our businesses is that, you know, I've had a business, you know, I've had people that's been with me, you know, about 17 years or so now. And uh, I can tell you that it's, it takes something to create an environment for people to work together. Um, it takes something to create an environment for people to learn how to respect one another. And, um, you know, one of the, I was just in a meeting um, yesterday, actually, and I was coaching some of my, my leaders in one of the businesses that I, that I manage. And I was talking to them about being intentional, how we have to be intentional as leaders. Um, Sometimes we just think about the end goal, like sales going up or costs going down or, you know, meeting a certain level of productivity. But we're not intentional about Right now, I see Bob, he needs some validation to feel more a part of this team. I can see that Sue is, is having some emotional issues. She needs some reinforcement that what she does, her, the work that she does is good. And there's a way to create an environment uh, in that company where you're conscious of what the people need. And that can be in a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. It could be in a, a business. You have to be conscious of that. And especially if you're coaching, if you're helping people, even if you want to get a business to adopt something that, that is hard for them, you've got to be able to be intentional about both the soft and hard issues so that you can begin to set people up or guide them. You know, there's a, a statement about the tail wagging the dog. And sometimes you have to learn how to do that where you know where you want to get people and you create an environment to get them there instead of trying to force them to go there. That mm -hmm. is so critical for success. Well, it sounds like communication is a big part of what you're advocating. Oh, right? absolutely. Yes. You, I mean, you're a good communicator. I've noticed that Barbara's a good communicator. I take value that I have a skill set to, to communicate. But yes. when you were just communicating that with us, I kept hearing when you would say, give the employee or the people on your team what they need at that moment to lift them. Mm. I felt like every time you said need, I felt like you were saying value because obviously they yeah. value that. That's right. Because they're getting That's that right. from you and, and hubby at home ain't giving that at all. Right. About hubby, but I know that you, you're telling the truth about when we talk about, and that's what, Robert, you hitting on something that's so important is that that's what I'm, I really try to get people to see. You know, we just had this event uh, about lean strategies is that the principles of lean is truth. It's not even about business. It's just truth. And when you really understand it at its core, um, you know, you have to look for the value and waste in your relationship with people, you know, to understand how to be value centered with another individual. What do they value? So, you know, when you start to understand how to take that on a personal level to say that if I understand what a person values and realize that everything else is waste, you know, you might want to talk about that and bring all these things into it, but for that person, it's waste. And so you start learning how to even be value centered in how relationships with people 
so that then people will begin to respond to you differently because you're really speaking to their value and not just talking at them with what you value. And that's the difference. Wow. Yeah. As again, yeah. Barbara, you may actually have a real successful business finally. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, Mike, you've hit on so many things. I, I, I remember you mentioned like going through the lean process and how you'd have, let's say, the quality group, you know, basically like screaming that they were the most important group, and then you know the uh, production line, and then you know yeah. environmental health and safety, like I was, you know, all that would be kind of it was like a power struggle because at at that time. Like we all wanted to be validated that, hey, we're all important. And at, the, at, at some point you feel like you have to prove yourself that, hey, we're the most important. Because like you said, if we're going to be doing a value stream and we get cut, like that, what does that mean for us? And how right. important it is to really get to the point where it's not necessarily about being right, but understanding the truth behind it. And I remember, you know, fast forward, once we got to that point, you know, we did our best work. You know, we had, you know, environment, health and safety in there. We had production in there, quality, you know, all all these groups. And we were working for a more, you know, uh, a united goal, a value. And we did our best work like that. And I just, it's just such a, it's just so amazing that I'm talking about this. And now I can, I'm thinking, wow, I had some of these tools and how to apply it now for my own business as an entrepreneur and how to incorporate different value streams that I deal with now with clients and understanding their pain points and what they see as value. And I mean, I'm just kind of going on and on here, but it just, it really is just uh, amazing how things have come full circle. It's, it's really, really cool. So anyway, yeah, this is such a cool talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, Barbara, I, I, I really love what you're saying right now, Barbara, because, you know, when we understand these principles, you literally can have customers running to you, right? Because people want to buy things and people want to be better. It's just that we spend so much time not talking to them in that language and then delivering on it, right? And when you think about our companies and our businesses, um, you know, as you were talking about the different, it's just staggering, you know, think about department, right? Division, what division are you in? That's the business yeah. language we use, but just think about that. What division are you in? <laughs> what department? You know, like depart, we're over here. And that's how we think. And one of the biggest things with this, and this is why, uh, you know, again, you know, so excited about the URCL platform is because this is a lot about culture. And this is the thing that people don't talk about a lot. And that still is tied to environment. The culture you create in a business is so critical. And I often train, um, I have a training I do about culture and I talk about how culture is created by what you celebrate in the business, what happens consistently and what you allow. And this is a secret, you know, that I train people on because you might say, you know, you got the stuff on the wall with your mission statement and we're productive, but what happens every day, that's the culture. You know, if people are late every day, then that's the culture. You can say we believe in being on time, but the culture is what happens. And so sometimes I have to dig into my own businesses and say, what's getting in our culture? What is, what am I allowing? What's happening consistently? And what am I celebrating? The same thing about, you know, we think about lean and some of these things in business, you know, I was doing a consulting uh, job and I tell it, I tell it a, a lot of times is where there was these two workers, right? And one worker 
uh, was, you know, she, she was getting her work done. She was leaving at five o'clock. Her desk was pristine clean. <laughs> she got in and got out, did her stuff. There was this other worker, you know, uh, you know, I'll call him John, and he was there all night, you know, paper all over his desk, <laughs> on the floor, there till 11 at night. And so what happened is the, 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 the leaders would talk about John all the time. John was here till 11 o'clock. John stayed here till, you know, until the job was done. The, the, this other woman got the job done just the same as him. And she was more efficient. But what they celebrated was his long nights and how long. He was there long because he wasn't good. <laughs> he, was he was there long because he was wasteful. But what? They celebrated that. So what did everyone in the culture want to do now? Prove that they could work late and work hard. And is that the culture you want? See, in Lean, we don't want to work harder. We want the we want the work. So I should say we don't even want work to, to work faster. We want the work to move faster. So there's a way to organize things where the work is moving fast, but I don't have to move fast because it's built a certain way. And so the key is, just for sake of example that, that I'm telling this, this uh, uh, consultant testimonial, it was just amazing. And I had to go in and try to teach them Look, you're doing this the wrong way. You are creating an environment that's gonna lead to people having fatigue, burnout, and it's not gonna last because this person is not reflective of the real environment you should be trying to create. You need to go get Sue over there and celebrate what she's doing. All right, so so go over that one more time as far as the, like the culture celebrating what you celebrate, what's the other two? What you celebrate, what happens consistently, and what you allow. And allow is, is that something happens and do you correct it or not? So you might say, well, I didn't, that's not my culture. Well, yeah, because you're not correcting it and everyone sees you're not correcting it. So if you allow it, it becomes culture. So this is why those three areas are so crucial to creating culture. Okay, so this is how I'm gonna memorize that. I'm thinking about my childhood. In my house with my mom and my sister, we celebrated birthday parties. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, we, we celebrated some, you know, some fun times, Christmas, Halloween, mm -hmm. right? Right. We were consistent. <laughs> and we had <laughs> Yeah, there was there was definitely some consistency that took place yeah. uh, without going into detail. And and the thing that stood out and made me think of my mom was, you know, certain things just aren't allowed. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, we consistently got spankings. When we, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so the culture in my house, you couldn't do that. But I had some friends that lived across town and they at the time they were Caucasian. They lived in the nice suburbs and I go in their house and the culture there was, Mom, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And there was no spanking. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so our cultures. There was a there was a conflict. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and and just like the two differences in those households, it's differences in businesses like that. And you can tell, you know, the difference in culture just by meeting the team and meeting the people. You can feel 
the environment through the behaviors of the people. And I, I to remember it too, I should have said this, I say, I call it the AC2 model because allow, and there's two C's, celebrate and consistency. And so uh, I call it the, a, the AC2 model. And that's really what I try to teach people. If you got to stay on top of those three things, because it's like a, it's like a, you, you know, your business is like a garden and you got to be careful what seeds are being planted in there because that stuff is going to grow. And when it grows, next thing you know, you know, you, you, what you, what you could have just kind of snipped the, a leaf, but now you got to uproot something because it's got too strong in your business. And then right. somebody going to get hurt. Yeah. Well, you no, know, I, I, did a, I did a live yesterday where I talked about, it was after watching you do your event. And, mm. and I started thinking about the word maximize. And I remember when I was working with Fernando Vargas, who was a pretty famous boxer, um, he would always ask me when I was doing his nutrition, he would say, hey, can I eat this? Hey, can I eat this? And I go, well, if you want to maximize, you'll eat what I told you to eat. Right. And he goes, and that was it. Because his mindset was, I'm maximizing. A lot of people won't maximize because they're okay with minimizing. And what I hear you saying is like, like so how could I help someone who they know the drink more water is going to help expedite their ability to get leaner. They know that drinking more water is going to help with their overall health. They know this, but yet they're not doing it. How, how do you like, so if I'm the leader, how do I get them to tap into a, a value somewhere where we can create a stream? Yeah. You know, um, I still have to keep harping on environment a lot, uh, Robert, and, and environment uh, also the environment that's in someone's mind as well. You know, mm -hmm. not just where we are, who we're around, but we have to think about the environment that's in someone's mind. You know, sometimes too, Robert, that people have things that go way back to childhood, you know, that are a lot deeper than whatever they're trying to do right now. Um, I've seen people that I was trying to coach and consult and help and they were talking to me a certain way, and I didn't realize they were really talking to their father. Uh, I thought they were talking to me, but they were talking to their dad. They were talking to their mom, uh, and it was coming through in this thing I was trying to get them to do, but the, they, they felt some emotions, and the way our, our brain works, and you know, we hone in on this a lot in URCO, we talk about ants, the automatic negative thoughts. We automatically, automatically think negative by nature, and anything that's traumatic, you remember it, uh, you know, 10 times more than something that happened positive. And so some people, when it comes to certain goals, those things come back up. And that's why I feel like it's so important that we create uh, a place where we can stay, uh, you know, in that kind of achievement state. And when we get off track, we know where to go to get back there. Uh, but I, another thing that I was saying is great. The example you use with, with, with the, the boxer is that, you spoke to him in a language that triggered his value. Mm -hmm. he, he wants to maximize and you knew that. So you used the term like you could have said you need to do this or you ain't going to, you know, you're not going to get results. But you put it back and let him come to his own epiphany that if you want to maximize your results, you would do this. So he had to listen to that. Well, do I want that? And I think mm -hmm. that's the key to coaching, whether it's drinking water, whatever. Sometimes it's that we've not found that button of value. For him, it was maximized. And for this other person about water, you got to find that button that triggers something in them to arrive at an epiphany where the work 
is worth overcoming the, the, the fear or the negligence. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I would say to that. Hey, you want to become a diet for your life coach, man? I can partner with it for sure. I can be some of the mind fitness side to, to help it along. Awesome. Absolutely. I like that. that. Yeah. Good words. Good words. So we have about 10 minutes. And what we like to do, Michael, is um, Barbara and I like to ask as many questions as possible in 10 minutes. So we want you to like rapid fire the answers back. Okay. Sound like, right. um, like a plan? Well, Barbara, you want to go first? Yeah, I have one. It's going to be from like this historical question, but yes. So Michael, so one of the things that um, when I was in the corporate world, we used to do the, one of those tools was 5S, right? To sustain, sort, kind of to streamline our work area. And uh -huh. um, one of the things that we felt that we added was we added a, a safety S, meaning that our workplace needed to be safe to, to work in. Um, do you find that like, from your experience in doing lean, did you find that um, missing at all, like that safety aspect or that health aspect with respect to lean? Well, to be real quick for rapid fire, uh, back to the original foundation in Japan, uh, when you look at uh, 5S with, you know, uh, getting all of the, you know, sort, set in order, shine, standardize, sustain, when you get into uh, some of those steps, safety was supposed to be taught as a part of uh, sustain. So some of those in those S's, it's good that you all kind of arrived at that epiphany is safety was always originally supposed to be embedded in some of those S's. And it's ironic you would say safety because in my book, Who Said So, I redefine 5S in my own way and I call it safe T. So separate, arrange, finish, uh, everyone test. And it, it really is 5S done differently. And it kind of says safety. So that's kind of ironic you would say that. Nice. Okay. Well, Barbara, you're actually kind of smart. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, how important is taking care of yourself as far as exercise as a CEO? I think it is extremely important, Robert. Uh, it's it's something that uh, I found that literally transforms my performance. Uh, when I stay on top of my eating regimen and, I, and I'm able to work out like I should, uh, I love lifting weights, I love martial arts, I love basketball, uh, all these things really. Uh, but I think my biggest thing, Robert, is sleep. That's what I'm trying to master right now. I, I really have got to get more sleep because I can do all of that even if I go and tear muscle fibers and do the eating right. If I don't sleep so my body can reset, I'm not getting all the results. So that's what I'm, I'm fighting right now, but extremely important. Nice. nice. I love it. So, okay, what about for people out there who are, let's say they're trying to be an entrepreneur or maybe they're just, they're trying out a new goal and get frustrated, feel like they want to give up, that nothing's really working for them. What would be one of the maybe key things that you would share with them as far as how to stay the course? How to stay the course with a goal? With their goal. Mm -hmm. With their goal? Um, I, I, I tell them to join you, our CEO, Barbara. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would tell them to be a part of a community of achievers. But I, I really feel, though, just to give a little bit on that, is that, you know, uh, I think it's so important for that person uh, to remember the reason that they're doing it. 
Um, and sometimes we got to remember the reason that we're doing things and we get focused on the goal and we forget about why. Why are we doing it? What is our life going to be like afterward? And so when you lose your why and it becomes just about the goal, it's very hard to stay consistent. But when you can tap into your why and really understand why you set that goal in the first place, um, then you can really start pushing yourself a, a little bit more. And so I think that's, a, that's just a little nugget there that I would say to the person. Nice. Nice. So, so Michael, how do you partition or integrate being a family man as you are running all these businesses um, and working on getting more sleep? Ah, that's a tough one, Robert. I, I've been married for 21 years. I just celebrating my 21-year anniversary in January. And uh, I can tell you, I, I really appreciate my wife. I mean, she's just a really, really good woman. And she stood by me. We, you know, I started off as an entrepreneur. We just got married. I went back, got my master's degree. Um, and she's just been very supportive and she's been an entrepreneur too. You know, she ran the salon business that we we've had for some time, like 15 or so years now. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I try to be, uh, create an environment where she knows that I appreciate her. She creates an environment where I know she appreciates me. And sometimes you, that's all you can hold on to, you know, because things get busy and it takes an understanding, uh, you know, partner in person uh, to allow for that. But I think you have to talk, you have to communicate. You got to admit when it's getting a little bit, you know, uh, things are getting out of whack um, and, and, and stay true to, to that, that conversation. And so I think that's the biggest thing. I don't mean to go too far on that, but that's a loaded question there and, right. <laughs> and the business stuff. Uh, but it really does take, it takes um, a, a mutual commitment to going in the same direction. If you don't have that, it's almost impossible. Hmm. All right, Barbara, you got one more? One more. Yeah. Well, actually back to, cause we sat in on your, on your free seminar um, just the other day. It was really good. And I'm sure a lot of people would want to know, do you have anything coming up? soon like that, that they can catch you on. Absolutely. And we still have a, a really spectacular offer out there for those who want to know more about lean. Uh, they can go to the lean and uh, see that, you know, what we've put out there. Um, we've got some great events coming up. Uh, one event, this won't break me. Uh, this is really for entrepreneurs, business owners, contractors, solopreneurs, people out there, out there in a the struggle and the fight. Uh, really pushing themselves. And this is on February 17th. You can go to thiswon'tbreakme.com and you can uh, register to be a part of that event. It's a free event. Uh, and so, you know, uh, that's a, a great event. I have another summit for This Won't Break Me in March, on March 17th, and that's going to be an all-day summit. And so I did a January and a February. The March event is going to be a paid event. We're going to make it affordable, uh, and we, we really want to give some good things uh, at that event. And so that's kind of what's going on right now, um, you know, on the schedule, but I'm working on a lot more. Just want to give as much as I can. There's so many people out here hurting right now, and I think we come together. If entrepreneurs are better, I think the world will be better because we're out here creating a lot of change and we're really the ones that keep things going underground and supporting a lot of things with families and with people and, and uh, you know, helping to give back. And so th those are some things that are coming up right now. Nice. Well, you know what? Every time you and I talk, Michael, I always go, we should be doing more things together. Yeah, absolutely. You know? so, so Barbara, number one, as you can see, we both are LSB. 
All right, so, so tell Michael what LSB is. What is LSB? You know? <laughs> no, break it down, Barbara. Oh, light-skinned brother. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're bringing oh. light-skinned brothers back. Yeah, oh. I, wanted to know, I wanted to know what I just became a part of here, but uh, I guess I am a light-skinned brother. That's true. <laughs> That's right. See, we got to keep it real. We got to stick together. <laughs> yeah, stick together. <laughs> But you know, like Aristotle, you know, one of his many quotes was your first health or your first wealth is your health. Yes. Yeah. And um, I just feel like I'm supposed to do work with you and, and the whole team that you have. So just so you know, I'm wide open to whatever we can do together to help people, empower people, um, because I love that part of you. And it definitely comes across as we're having a conversation, how much mm-hmm. you care. And of course, the value is there for people to increase their 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 finances, their security, um, you know, all of the things that we've talked about. So I just want to say I, I appreciate you. Uh, I look forward to figuring out a way to, to join forces somehow um, to make a difference in the lives of so many more people. So I just want to say thank you for making time for us uh, on the Stay Healthy experience. Yes. Thank you so much. And I yeah, I, I second that. Power no, too. no, thank, thank you. <laughs> the fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, Robert, I thank you so much for what you said. And uh, the feeling is mutual. Uh, I'm completely open and want to find uh, the right way we can work together. Barbara, it's such a pleasure to meet you uh, and to be on the show with you as well. And I just want to thank you both. Uh, and Robert, I've got a lot of respect for you as an entrepreneur. I, I first saw you on TV. And next thing I know, you were at an event. And I said, that's him. And the next thing you know, we started talking. And but Robert, I've got a lot of respect for what you're doing. I, I love people who love what they do and really care about the people they serve. And I see that in you. And, and I just want to say to everyone out there that uh, hears about Diet Free Life and, and the things that you're doing through this show, uh, Robert is a, is a 100% and, and someone you can have confidence in that believes in what he's talking about and gets the results. And so uh, I really appreciate uh, what you're doing, Robert. Keep up the good work and I look forward to the future. Well, thank you. And uh, and for those who are watching, Michael, trust me, this guy, he's very, very, very humble. Um, and yeah, we met, we were both doing the UNCF tour uh, yeah. out there again. We met helping people. That's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like out there, you know, traveling around, having some fun. And then you invited me to your your event. And, uh, and I have to end on this because, you know, you meet people all the time and people say a lot of things. And uh, you and I started talking. You said, hey, I got this small event. You know, I'd like to maybe fly you up and, you know, make you a part of it. You can do a talk, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you know. And then I heard from him and his assistant reached out. And I was like, wow, okay. Brother, I mean, these, these guys are kind of like, maybe they're real. I mean, I don't know. And right. so then, next thing you know, I get on the plane. I fly up to Oakland. And I go to the event. That's a small event. There's like 800 people in there. <laughs> I mean, and you know, and what was the coolest part is that everybody was happy and real. And then when I got to come to your office and met all the, you know, the employees, the team, everyone is just awesome. So uh, my experience has been amazing. And again, I respect and appreciate you and all that you're doing. And I got to touch the people there and they touched me. And so thank you for being on the show. Thank yes. you, Robert. And, uh, and Barbara, you know, when we do something, you may be invited. Maybe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
<laughs> Brush up on your leaning, okay? That's right. Yeah, my uh, my six sigma with all that all that stuff. That's right. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks a lot, you guys, for listening. Share this information. Go check out uh, Michael at URAC, uh, URACEO. We also put up other links. Look at all the links that are available because he has a lot going on. There's a lot of free stuff. Um, and again, thank you, Barbara, for joining me as always. And we like to tell everybody when we leave, Michael, that we want them to get healthy, be healthy. And Barbara? Stay healthy. That's it. Yeah. Until next time. <laughs>